Welcome to the Sports on Point podcast for June 28th, 2010. I am your host, Matthew Smith. And I'm John Zavarelli. And I'm the guy pressing the buttons. My name is Bob Severance. We're going to start off this week with a little fan feedback. This one comes from Bob in Akron, and it goes to Matt. Matt, I hope the Big 12 collapses when everyone realizes they sold their sports souls to Texas. That's why Nebraska and the Colorado Buffaloes left. Neither team wanted to deal with Texas and their arrogance. Those teams got what they wanted, while the remaining teams showed no backbone. Matt, do you have anything to say about that? Um, I believe that's 3-1 and one in the win-loss column. Thank you very much. All I have to say is hook em horns. All right, today on the show, we are not going to spend any time talking about Lady Gaga making a fool of herself at the Yankees game. We're not going to spend any time talking about satchels, a.k.a. man purses. And we're not going to spend any more time talking about the iPhone that I picked up the day after release, and it's really cool because it's got like... Don't you have some buttons to press, Bob? Uh, You're probably right. Moving right along to this week in sports, starting off with Monday. FIFA.com. Portugal notch Magnificent 7 versus North Korea. John? Well, in that killer pool, they had to gain some goal differential, so they kind of had to pour it on and score as many goals as possible. Yeah, North Korea is definitely not a worthy opponent for Portugal. I don't really think this proves anything. It doesn't really propel them ahead of Brazil or Argentina in my mind. And now Tuesday, Sharon Collins credits subs for losing weight for NBA. Matt? Yeah, according to Collins, Coach Self told him he had to lose 28 pounds in two weeks. That's why he went to the subs. My question is, does Coach Self think he's running a wrestling team? I think it's pretty impressive or pretty unimpressive. He uh, went to subs to lose weight and then didn't, didn't even get drafted. Moving along to Wednesday, 2010 NBA free agents. Los Angeles Lakers are interested in Raja Bell. John, I think it would be a decent pickup for him. They. Raja Bell's a, a defensive president, and he can shoot the three pretty well. I think it's kind of funny because Raja Bell and Kobe got into it pretty bad in the playoffs a few years ago. I'm kind of wondering if they really buried the hatchet, and if so, maybe we could see Shaq back in the Lakers uniform again. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Moving along to Thursday, Chicago Bulls to send Kirk Heinrich, number 17, to the Washington Wizards. Matt? I think the Wizards management are just some really nice guys. They seem to be willing to help anybody out in the pitch. If you need, if you need cap space, call the Wiz. This opens up the floor to even more speculation now that the Bulls can sign two max free agents. And now on to Friday, from California to France and South Africa, the world reacts to Landon Donovan's game-winning goal. John? It was a great goal. Uh, I mean, he sent him to the, to the knockout round. Unfortunately, they couldn't, they couldn't win it on Saturday, but it, it was a great goal, a great game. For anybody who wants to spend their time hating on the World Cup and soccer in general, I can't think of another sport or sporting event that evokes the kind of response that you see in the videos with people reacting to Landon Donovan's goal. And on Saturday, Guyan fires Ghana into the last eight. Matt? Disappointing finish for the U.S., losing to the same team that eliminated from the World Cup four years ago. They really wanted to get some revenge, and it just didn't work out. That was a great game. They scored early, and then the U.S. came back. looked like they were going to have some more magic and they kind of lost it and on sunday 2010 nba free agents again lebron james reportedly to join chris bosh with chicago bulls nba executives say john all i have to say if this happens then i'm going to take some credit for calling it 
You know, after all the rumor mill failures that we had in the Big 12 realignment stories, I don't really take any stock in anything like this. It's all just educated guesses, even if they are NBA execs. And now on to the news that can't be ignored. This is the stuff you should have been talking about on your Twitter account. First of all, Steve Smith from the Carolina Panthers broke a bone while playing a flag football game at the YMCA in Charlotte. I just want to say, if anybody in that game wants to brag about injuring Steve Smith, the appropriate response would be, who hasn't injured Steve Smith? Isner defeats Mahout in, to end the epic tennis match. Uh, this was a match at Wimbledon, lasted about 11 hours. It was basically the, the final set went 138 games, I believe. Uh, it was the longest tennis game in history. I mean, I watched on TV. Was, I couldn't. I hate tennis. I don't like watching tennis. I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. NBA free agency to begin on Thursday. Let the melee begin. I just want to make a note to New York City. If LeBron wants to talk to celebs, he calls them. Fabricio Verdum shuts down Fedora Melienko at Strike Force fight on Saturday. I watched this fight. Uh, it was very surprising, Fedor's first loss since 2000. It was great to see. I mean, I, I like Fedor, but it was good to see him lose because you think he's unbeatable. It's something good to see. Arizona Diamondback Edwin Jackson threw 149 pitches on, a, on his way to a no-hitter on Friday. There was a lot of criticism going around about the amount of pitches he threw, but ultimately the D-backs are 15 games below 500. What are they going to be worried about having anything left for a playoff run? Mueller scores twice in the second half as Germany pulls away from England in the World Cup. This was a controversial controversial match as there was a goal that went through that didn't give they didn't give it to England. Uh, I don't think that would have mattered too much, even though anyone in England will beg to differ. But Germany did pull away and they they look real good right now. Now on to our main points. This section is where we're going to discuss four major topics in sports this week, and our hosts give their opinions. Starting off with main point number one, World Cup soccer. Did the U.S. exceed expectations, or did they finish where everyone thought? Or did they disappoint, John? In my opinion, I think they they kind of finished where everyone expected them to. They had some exceeded expectations to begin after they beat Spain, uh, I think it was earlier in this year or last year, they knocked off Spain. And basically, I think they they finished right where they should be. FIFA has them ranked 14th in the world, I think, right now. They finished in the top 16. They're not one of the elite soccer programs. I don't don't think they're even close to the best. So, I mean, them, for them to make it past the, the pool and make it into the final 16, I think that's right where they deserve to be. I think you got to look at this game by game, though, because as a whole, yeah, maybe we expected them to just barely get out of the elimination round, but you look at the games. England, they should have tied them. They did. Slovakia, they should have won. They tied them. Algeria, they should have won. They barely did. And Ghana, they should have avenged elimination from four years ago, and they did not. Sure, they made it to the elimination round, but if you look at the games as they broke down individually, I have to say it's a disappointment. If you look at it... USA in general has pretty much always disappointed. They don't have the best soccer team in the world, but they did their max potential, top 16 team. I don't think they're any better than that. They need a lot more to be better. And on to main point number two, which team comes away as the biggest winner of the NBA draft? 
Interestingly enough, I think the biggest winner in the draft was Chicago, even though they didn't make a single pick. As uh, people now know, they traded away their backup point guard in Kirk Heinrich to the Washington Wizards and shipped along with it the 17th pick in the draft. They cleared up about $9 million in cap space, which should be enough money for them to clear two max players. All in all, the 17th pick ended up being Kevin Serafin. I think I would trade Kevin Serafin for the chance at signing Bosch, Wade, or LeBron every single time. That was probably the best team that had the best draft in the East. As far as best overall draft, I have to beg to differ with you. I'd say Oklahoma City, they gained uh, three front court players, which is going to help them out a lot with their quest in beating, knocking off the Lakers. They played the Lakers to one of their best series, the 4-2, to two, and the, most of the games were close. And I think that the size is going to help out a lot on Pau Gasol, Andrew Bynum, and Lamar Odom. So I think that they can actually, I think they can hang with the Lakers more, even more than they did. It, it could be the difference between a 4-2 series loss and a 4-2 series win. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Oklahoma City definitely upgraded their front court, but at the end of the day, if you're choosing between a couple of unproven front court players and a 50-50 shot at LeBron James, I'm going to go LeBron every time. And on the main point, number three, which is more exciting, players hitting 50 or 60 home runs or one no-hitter per month? Seems like in the the last few, few years, the uh, tides of baseball have turned. It seems like People are hitting 50 and 60 home runs less and less now, maybe due to the steroid era being over, but you're seeing a lot more no-hitters and perfect games being thrown. Myself, I'm an offensive an offensive guy, so I'd like to see a lot more home runs. I bring back the day when the leadoff man, Brady Anderson, hit 50 home runs in a season. I'd rather see the long ball. As a fan, I think it, it's more special to see a, per, a perfect game or a no-hitter, but the more the more, it's going to be less and less special. But if you take me out to the ballpark, I want to be in the stands catching home run balls. Uh, just a bigger fan of the home run over the no-hitter or the defensive game. Well, I'm going to have to disagree with you again, John, because if you look at the season the way it's played out so far, we've had four no-hitters through three months, and two of them have been perfect games. As we know, it should have been three perfect games and five no-hitters. Those are all-time numbers. If they keep up this pace, they'll have the best pitching performance year of all time. The thing about it that I think makes it better than home runs is all of this is happening legitimately. You said you rule in favor of offense. I rule in favor of integrity. This is the first great performance we've seen in baseball in who knows how long that had no stink of steroids on it altogether. If you look at the last 50 home run hitter that had no stink of steroids, I think we'd have to go back to 1977 and George Foster. We could always go with Albert Pujols, who's never been accused, or Ken Griffey Jr., who never got accused as far as hitting home runs. But to be honest with you, it's sports, it's entertainment. This this is a whole different discussion which we've we've hit on in the past. I don't care if they do steroids or not. I want to see 50, 60 home runs in a season. I don't care if it's in if it's in the integrity of the game or not. I just want to be entertained. And now on to main point number four. USC is appealing the NCAA sanctions. Do they stand a chance? Yeah, I think they're going to see their penalties reduced a little bit. What they're currently asking for is the ban from bowl game or postseason games dropped from two years down to one, and the scholarship reduction adjusted from 10 per year down to five per year. They're complaining that the penalties were too severe and inconsistent with precedent. I don't necessarily agree with that, 
but I think they've got some loopholes working on their side. The NCAA's investigation really hinged on Lloyd Lake's testimony that USC assistant coach Todd McNair knew about the benefits that Bush was receiving, uh, Reggie Bush was receiving. Lloyd also made some misstatements that he didn't seem to know who made the call, how long the calls lasted, what year the calls took place. I think this is pretty relevant because the NCAA's case was based on believing Lloyd Lake over McNair, over Todd McNair. But when he makes these type of mistakes in his testimony, his credibility falls through the floor. I think missteps like this have cost many a court case before. Shouldn't really affect this case, but I think it will. I think they're going to stand stand firm on these. The evidence is there that it's kind of iffy, but I think they're going to stand strong on it. I think they're basically trying to make make an example of them. They're they're trying they're out to say that you can't do this, and they don't care how big a program you are, how popular you are. If you cheat or bend the rules, then they're going to get you, and it's going to be harsh. So I think they're going to try to uphold these and and keep it in place where they they're hurting for a couple years. You know, I agree with you. I think they should make an example of USC. I think they should uphold the penalties. I've just seen way too many times where loopholes and small little mistakes by a prosecuting attorney in the case of a court case, small little mistakes like these have really cost them. And I I just, I've seen too much precedent for cases falling apart because of little mistakes like this. Gotta love the justice system. And now on to our closing arguments. This section is where our hosts present their closing arguments as in a court case. It can be about anything on their mind this week. There are no rebuttals or comments allowed, and you, the listener, will vote on who presented the best closing argument. Now on to closing argument number one. John, I'm going to let you introduce your closing argument, and then I'll start the timer. My closing argument was the, is the USC is the best-run prize-fighting organization ever. In my opinion... I think this is by far the truth. Dana White has done a great job as far as uh, promoting this, making it into what it is today. So many times you look at the, basically you look at the boxing promotions and, and things like that and you have the, the behind the scenes politics, this fighter, fighters not fighting the best fighter. I mean, you've got a, a lot of the promoters getting involved and it's just, just a big mess in boxing. As far as the UFC, Dana White looks to put out the best product possible. He tries to set up the best fights that will give the fans what they want to see. Uh, I commend him for that because it's a, he makes an exciting brand. He's always looking for new talent. So you got guys that, they through the tough, the TV show that they do, they're looking for new up-and-coming fighters, and they actually put them on their shows to give them shots. I mean, they're constantly looking at for up-and-coming fighters. As far as the other um, MMA organizations, you had Strike Force, who I don't think compares to UFC. They're just they don't they don't have guys that know the sport that are running the show. And as far as the Elite XC, they hinged their whole promotion on uh, Kimbo Slice, who was a a sensation on the internet, but he's not an MMA fighter. The UFC actually gave Kimbo a slice. No pun intended. They made him work his way up, which he didn't, and he got let go. I think the the only other M- MMA promotion that even comes close to what UFC has built themselves into was the Pride, and UFC has bought the Pride, so it's kind of... UFC has taken out all the competition, and they've been well-run for so many years now. And now on to closing argument number two. Matt, I'm going to let you introduce your closing argument, then I'll start the timer. My closing argument is that FIFA is in desperate need of an upgrade. As we all know at this point, the World Cup has been riddled with bad calls, 
undeserved red cards and missed goal opportunities. This weekend kind of just made things worse when there were two goals that were missed calls. England scored a goal that wasn't counted. Argentina scored a goal that shouldn't have been counted but was. We all know about the two goals that were disallowed for the U.S. in the group stage as well. What it breaks down to is FIFA is behind the times. They have tried to fix the problem with their officiating by adding a fifth ref for international play. We now see how well that's worked out. I'm just going to step out of limb and say that the low-tech solutions for FIFA are not the answer. They need to go a little bit high-tech. They need to get ahead of the curve instead of being behind it. The NHL has been using goal line technology to make sure they get goal calls correct for years. It's been a successful solution for them, taking the human error out of goal scoring, and I think FIFA needs to look into that first and foremost. Another area where I think FIFA has a real opportunity to step out in front of the pack is in the advent of instant replay. Now, I don't think that instant replay is a good solution for soccer, and I don't want anybody to think that it that I am pushing for that. But here's where they have an opportunity is to use live streaming video. They could have a ref on each side of the field using a live video device that's streaming video straight from the cameras. They can see the plays as they're happening from multiple angles. A lot of times when the game's going on, the ref only has one vantage point or one view. As we know, soccer is a 3D game. Things happen at different angles that you can't see from other angles. And I think the opportunity really exists for FIFA to utilize all the angles and use a live stream video system. The sideline official could have some means of contacting the official in real time so that they get calls right. I don't think a sideline official should ever have the right to call a penalty that the official on the field hasn't called, but if the official is calling a penalty incorrectly, they can get it correct. Or if they've disallowed a goal or, in fact, allowed a goal that shouldn't have been allowed, the referee on the sideline has the opportunity to communicate that to the referee on the field so they can get their call right. I think there's been just way too many instances in the World Cup this year where goal-robbing calls or red cards have really cost teams victories. It's been pretty unprecedented, at least from my experience. If FIFA can't step into the forefront and make some technology upgrades, they're never going to get a stronghold in the U.S., and they may actually lose some credibility in some of their countries where they're championed. Well, this has been Sports On Point. To vote for your winning closing argument, send a direct tweet to our podcast at twitter.com slash sportsonpoint. And as always, send your suggestions on how we can improve our show to feedback at sportsonpoint.com. Or now you can leave us a voicemail at 646-39-POINT. That's 646-397-6468. Thanks for listening, guys. Hope you join us again next week. We should have plenty of good free agency talk for you. We'll look forward to hearing from you then. It's going to be a big week, guys. We'll talk to you next week. We out.